a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. He said like that. So they called to the blind man and they said, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Many rebuked him and said, uh, told, and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said to him, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Verse 52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Question I have for you this morning, if you're taking notes, um, using as a title, same question that Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? I mean, have you ever seen that meme, like, um, or, or that people play that video? It's like um, they take that clip from the notebook where uh, Ryan Gosling is, is saying to the girl, what do you want? You know, like, you know, what do you want? What is it they want? Like, you know, it's like, you know, where do you want to go eat? You know, like, ever been in that moment of frustration with someone? It's like your wife, like, what do you eat? Pues lo que sea, whatever. Like, what does that mean? Like, tell me, what do you want? And I think sometimes Jesus is asking us that same question. What do we want for our lives today? What do you want? Can I tell you, each of us have something that we want God to do in our life. Does does anybody have something you want God to do in your life? You better be real with yourself. You better be praying for something in your life. Because we all have a human innate behavior about us. That we desire God for, for him to do something in our life. We get into the story, we find ourselves a blind man named Bartimaeus. This is the very last of Mark's miracles that he highlights. Mark, he was uh, one of the, the gospel writers that wrote the most miracles of any, any other gospel writer. This is why Mark is called the book of action because it's just action-packed miracles. People are cast out of, people, demons are cast out. People, blind men were healed. Uh, lame people were, 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 could, could walk again. Uh, food uh, could, could miraculously be multiplied in Mark's gospel. And here, this is the very last healing miracle that Mark records here. And this is where Mark is highlighting a man named Bartimaeus which people in church would call him blind Bartimaeus. I mean, how sometimes we, we hear that blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus. Like, that was his name. People called him like that. Like, you know, you had that friend, like, you, you call him by, the, by the, the description of that person. I had a friend who was Asian. His name was Mike. We would call him Asian Mike. You know I mean? Like, like I mean, it, it's like, this guy is blind Bartimaeus, you know? It's like, you know, it's like calling someone, oh, the, the chubby friend, you know? Like, like, like you're getting the description about him so much so that people are, are calling him like that. They know him. And a person in this time period would be outside of the city gates, an outcast of society, not living inside the city. 
He was a beggar, the Bible describes him. So he would only live on whatever food or substance that someone would give him. Calling out for help, um, living on the side of the road right there. And it says a crowd came out of Jericho, and these men were following Jesus, the disciples and people, probably on the way to Jerusalem as well. Pilgrims, people came from all over the place on the way to Jerusalem. Now, uh, Jesus, as we study the context, Jesus is on his way to these last few moments before his crucifixion to Jerusalem. And everything from here on out, this is the last story here before we start getting into the Passion Week. And I think it's very important as we end this year focusing on this, this time where Jesus is about to be crucified. What Jesus came to do on earth. Most of the time we, we celebrate that there on Easter and we memorize it. But, but Mark is leading us into this moment right now. And so Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and this man begins to shout, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David would have been a, a, a symbol or, or, or would have represented some sort of sign of respect, knowing I know who you are and I know who you came, where you came from. Son of David, I know what family you're from. I know that you're the Messiah. You're the one they talked about for many years. And he calls out to Jesus, have mercy on me. Everybody here has a desire today. And this man, his desire, he's calling out, I want God to do something in my life. And I don't know what you're praying about today. Maybe you need healing in your life. Maybe there's loved ones that need healing in your life. Maybe you're battling depression. Maybe you're battling sickness. Maybe someone watching online is battling cancer. Maybe you know someone that's battling COVID right now. Maybe in a hospital bed this morning. Maybe you're going through something. Can we call out to God? God, will you have mercy on me today? Can we be that way? And he's calling out, and that's his petition to God. And the people began to rebuke him. I have four things I want to share with you. If you're taking notes, four things I'm asking God for today. I seriously want to ask God. Number one, I want to ask for the people to see. I want people to see who God is. And for God to be revealed in their life. You see, the problem was happening is that this man, Balaam Bartimaeus, he raises up his voice and he's like, God, have mercy on me. God, help me. He calls out to God. He's calling out to Jesus. And then the crowd begins to shut him up and says, no, no, you, you be still. Get out of the way. You be quiet. He's, he's right here. I mean, he's calling out to God. And everyone says, see, the Bible says they began to rebuke him. They began to rebuke him and say, no, you shut up. You be quiet. I see you suffering there, but, you know, forget you. Man, we're trying to walk with Jesus right now. And you know what's frustrating is that many of us are the same way too, that there's people that are suffering on the side of the road. There's people suffering in our life. And oftentimes we're so preoccupied. Oh, yes, we're following Jesus. Oh, yes, we're living out our life for Jesus. But in the middle of everything, we forget that there's people around us that still need to see Jesus. They still want to experience him. And many times I get so frustrated with the church because many times we just want to be in the crowd, but we don't want to be with the people. 
We just want to be with the crowd. See, it's, it's one thing to be with the crowd, but it's another thing to be with the people. And God is calling us to be with people. One of our core values at this church is that people are our passion. I don't want to get so caught up in everything that we're doing that we forget the people that are suffering today. See, blind Bartimaeus is blind, not because he chooses to be, but because that's how God made him. He's blind, not because he wants to be, but there's other people. There's two different types of blind people in the story. One is him, blind Bartimaeus. The other is the people that choose not to see that his suffering and see him right there as well. See, there's a lot of people here today that are blind and don't see that there's people out there around. We're so consumed with everything I have going on. Oh, I got a lot of problems. I got a lot of situation, brother. I got a lot of things. So does everyone else. And there's people that have it worse than you do. We get so caught up in what we have going on and that we forget that there's a whole world around us, a community in Houston that needs Jesus. I never want to be so blinded to the people. See, here today, more than everything, so many Christians are caught up in their agendas. So many debates in Facebook, whether we do this or that, mask or no mask, or president or no president. Let's recount. Let's do this. My candidate or no candidate. Whatever. We're, we're, we're debating of theology, different things. When the church should be united more than ever before. And we should realize that there's a whole world that's suffering. So I don't care about your debates. I care about those who need Jesus. And this is a time more than ever before that I might desire for this church is that we will not be so much with the crowd, that we would be with the people that are suffering the most. And this is my Jesus, the Jesus that just loved people, the sinners, the broken Tax collectors, prostitutes, hurting, dying people. And here are, is the crowd telling them to shut up. My desire is that we have people that can see beyond the crowd. Blind Bartimaeus is, 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 is here. And, and, and everyone else is, he's here in suffering. He's here, he's homeless. He has no home. He has nothing. He can't see. He can't go to the government. There is no disability. There's no benefits. There's, there's no unemployment for him. There's, not, there's nothing that can help him in society in that present moment in time. And the crowd says, shut up. How many times have we done the same? If we could be real with us, we're so preoccupied with all of our, last week uh, we had Valerie Goff here. And if you missed out, watch it online. Uh, she, she, she works to help women that were, that have been human trafficked and especially women in the adult entertainment industry and, and in the strip clubs and helping women like that, that have been suffering. And there's so many women here in this city that just need Jesus. That if only we showed them love at a, such a young age. If we showed them love right where they're at versus us judging them or telling them to get out of our way, what kind of change would we make in this city? My prayer is for people to see. See, there's two different types of blind people. There's blind Bartimaeus, but the crowd is just as blind. And blind Bartimaeus is calling out to God even more and more and more. My second prayer today is that I pray for people to persevere. I pray for per- people to persevere. This is a time where more than ever, we, we persevere. We're going to get through this. 
It's a struggle. I mean, we don't even know. Is there another lockdown company coming? What is going to happen? What is happening right now? What, what are, what's going to happen in the next few months? And all in all, hear the voices. We hear the voices of different things that are, that are telling us to be still, to be quiet. Voices of uncertainty. Things that are being said. And we have no clue what, what to do next. Here's blind Bartimaeus. Everyone else is telling him to be quiet. But the Bible tells us very, very clearly that the more that they, they tried to shut him up, the louder that he got and, and began to shout all the more. He said many rebuked him, told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Can I tell you, even if all the voices are telling you to be quiet, even if all the pe- people say, oh man, just, it's over, just give up already. And man, your life, well, forget it. Man, it's never going to happen. You're never going to get out of that life. You're never going to get out of that job. You're never going to restore your marriage. You're never going to fix this. You're just going to be the same like your family. Stop listening to the voices of criticism and listen to the voice of God that he's saying to persevere. You're going to get through this. It's going to be a season. It's going to be rough. It's going to be some mistakes. You're going to hurt for some time. There's going to be suffering. But if you will persevere with me, keep shouting, keep screaming out to God and keep saying, God, have mercy on me. Anybody believe that today? See, blind Bartimaeus is gutsy. I feel like sometimes we've lost our guts in life. Like we don't dare to do anything. We play it safe. He's unashamed of interrupting. He's unashamed of getting into the crowd. And they're telling him to shut up and he gets even louder. He does whatever it takes to get the attention of Jesus. I'm reminded earlier in Mark, in Mark chapter 2 with some friends, a crowded house was happening around, but they had some friends had a friend that was paralytic. And so they tore the roof open off, off, off of someone's house in order to get their friend inside the house so that they can meet Jesus. We need some people in church that are going to be gutsy, that are going to take advantage, that are not going to be afraid or ashamed of doing things for God. We have to persevere. It's about faith. It's about believing in what we can't see. He's crying out for mercy. When was the last time we got on our knees before God and just cried out to God for mercy? God bless us. God be with us. God shape me. God transform me. God do something in my life. I'm empty. When was the last time we worshiped with such a freedom of expression that we not care? We did not care about what other people thought about us. A lot of times we come to church, we come to worship, and we're like, oh, man, I don't want to worship too crazy. But the reality is, is that we have to be unashamed and unapologetic in our worship before God. And it starts in your very own home. I remember growing up, seeing people oftentimes in church, they were willing to jump, shout, scream, dance, and come before, come to the altar, run around the church. I mean, I mean, doing some crazy stuff. And there's sometimes there's order and non-order and, 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 and that's not my point here, but there's people that were just willing to exper- express their gratitude before God, praising him. And there was always groups of people, including myself, that would begin to kind of smirk or laugh or criticize people because they were worshiping a little too crazy. And here's the thing is, a lot of times many of us, myself included, and many people that did that didn't understand the level or the magnitude of the miracle that God saved them or the thing that God saved them from. 
We see people shouting and screaming and dancing and jumping around because they are in gratitude and praise and worship. And we don't know the story of what God got them out of. You see, blind Bartimaeus, he is messed up. He's blind. He's homeless. He's asking for money. He's, he's on the street. He's living in the, in, in the dirtiest place ever outside the city gates, not even inside the city, an outcast. And he's willing to call out more and more and more because he's desperate for God to change his life. I want to get to a place of desperation where I worship God in a place where I don't care about it, what anyone else says. I don't care about the criticisms. I don't care what people say. I just want God. I want to live my life where I'm not afraid of what people say, even the people closest to me around. Because before God, when I stand in judgment before Jesus, it's only me and him. Not my parents, not my family, not my friends, not my spouse. It's me and him. And I want to be people that can be the most broken and bring all of our problems to God. And we just come to church and we cry out to God with such a passion and we worship so beautifully. We don't care if we sing all the wrong notes. We don't care if we clap off beat. We don't care if we dance off step. We don't care if we, we get tired and exhausted and, and, and we can't breathe, you know, because, man, we, we haven't done some of these Holy Ghost aerobics in a long time. You know, we, we don't care if we're struggling. We don't care if we're sweaty. We don't care if we break a heel. We just want to worship God and him alone. And here's blind Bartimaeus. He does not care. He's persevering. He's coming before God. How many want to worship God with just no, no, without, with no apologies? You just want to say, God, I, I worship you however I, I, I feel like, whatever, however I, I can with what I have, my hands, my feet, my mouth. I use it all for you. A lot of times we, we don't see what we want to see God to do in our life because we're not willing to persevere through the middle of it. We're not praising God in the middle of a storm. We're not praising God in the middle of challenges. And, and we're so fearful of what's happening. And because of that fear, we don't feel what God has for us. Number three, my prayer is for, is for people to be encouraged. It's for people to be encouraged. Interesting thing enough is that you had all these people that are trying to shut blind Bartimaeus up. And then all of a sudden, you know, blind Bartimaeus is, is shouting and, is, and screaming all the more. And it grabs the attention of God. Jesus is hearing him. And he says to him, um, call him. I'm, it's interesting. I, I kind of laugh. There's a lot of parts of scripture. I kind of like look at it. I'm like, I laugh, you know, because it's just like, oh, my gosh. You know, I don't know if God intended it to be that way, but it's kind of ironic. You know, I look at it. It's because the same people that called that were probably trying to tell him to shut up. Then Jesus says, call him. And they're like, all right, let's go, 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 go over there. You know, get, get him up there, you know, like, and they're like, take heart. He's calling you on your feet. You know, like, hey, cheer up, buddy. You know, come on, giddy up. You know, like, you know, the same, these probably the same people. It's like those people that like, like, you know, in fashion, when you're trying to wear something that's like before head of Ahead of its time, people start laughing at you like, man, you're kind of weird. And then some celebrity starts wearing it, and then everybody wants to start wearing it. Like, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. And here is, like, I mean, it's just so funny. It's just that sometimes people that are so willing to criticize often shift to an encouragement. And here it is, is that sometimes the same voice that 
told you to shut up and to be still one moment is now one that's saying, hey, cheer up. And it's that word, cheer up. It literally says that. Verse 49 is like, cheer up. On your feet, take heart. Like, be encouraged. Like, hey, he's calling you out. And here's the thing is that sometimes our haters will be our motivators. And the people that would stood in a position against us in time are sometimes the people that are going to call us and push us toward Jesus. And here's what happens. It says, and this is my prayer today, is that we will be encouraged even if the people that are, are calling us or the people that are, are, are calling our attention, even the people that, are, that, that shift in one season to another, even if in that we just have to be encouraged and say, God, it's okay because as long as at the end of the road, I meet Jesus, I, even at the end of the road, blind Barnabas can be like, nah, forget y'all. I'm just going to sit here. I already called Jesus all I want. I, I'm just going to chill right here. No one's going to bother me. Just you know, I'll be right here. I'll be blind for the rest of my life. Man, you, you, a few minutes ago, y'all were telling me to shut up, and now you're telling me to be encouraged. You know what? Let's not be so prideful. Because at the end of the road, here's what happens is that God is at the end. Jesus is right there. And we're all in this together. Sometimes there's so many debates and quarrels and, and disputes among family and friends and church people. And this is a season where we got to be encouraged. Someone said, put this on Facebook a few days ago. Uh, a divided country needs a united church. And, 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 and not trying to push one way or another, but we can all feel the tension that's happening. And, and that tension does not have to be here because this is a place of grace. This is a place of love. This is a place where, where, where at the end of the day, my God is on the throne and we're not citizens of this earth. We're not citizens of this country. We're citizens of heaven and my allegiance belongs to him and him alone. Anybody believe me today? Because at the end of the day, the only person that truly died for my sins, there are people that have died for us. And I love, and, and this past week was Veterans Day, and I'm I thankful for every veteran and every person that has, has, has fought battles and wars for us and has shed their blood for us. I'm not, I, I'm not against that. But there's only one person who died for our sins. And he paid the price that no man could pay. He paid the ransom for our sins. People died for you, yes, of course. But only one person died for your sins. And that's Jesus and Jesus alone. So at the end of the day, be encouraged that there's only one God and it's only God that's in control and God's overseeing everything and God is, is at the end of the road. And, and, and so even if the people that, that, that you're going to have to put your trust in sometimes are sometimes the people that were one second put against you, you know what, let's forget it. Let's let bygones be bygones and let's be a united church and come together because at the end of the day, there is healing. At the end of the day, there is restoration in Jesus. Because number four, I my prayers for people to trust, to trust. And I'm going to ask the worship team if you, if you can help me get ready this morning as well. Uh, it, my prayers for people to trust. Jesus asked, and this, like I said, there's a lot of times there's, there's funny things that happen in the Bible. There's funny things that are happening in Scripture. It, verse 51, if you could put that on the screen. He says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped at his feet and he came to Jesus. And verse 51, he says like this. Jesus asked him this question. What do you want me to do for you? 
Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. What do you want? I mean, there are sometimes I look at the, I look at scripture, and sometimes we just have to take scripture for what it is and look at it. But sometimes there are some things that are funny that kind of stand out to me because obviously this man is blind. Like this dude is blind. Like he's he's on the road. He can't see. He he's 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 human money. He probably looks like death. I mean, he probably hadn't showered. He probably hadn't shaved. I mean, his hair is all nappy, nasty. He's he can't see. He don't got a family. He don't got friends. He don't got no one. And this man is saying, God, have mercy on me. And then Jesus has the nerves to ask him, so what's your order today? You know, what, 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 what do you want me to do for you? Like, any, any, I mean, maybe it's just me. I find this funny, but it's like a brain dead question. Obviously, this man is blind. Obviously, this man is looking rough. But yet sometimes I believe God wants to get specific with us. And he wants to get into the nitty-gritty gritty of the things in our life. And he wants to get all the mess out of our life. And he wants to see what we need to change. He says, what do you want me to do for you? I remember in John chapter 5, um, another gospel that, that, that there was a, a man who had been a paralytic for um, 38 years. He had been on the ground. And Jesus talks to him and he asked him a question. That again, it sounds a little ridiculous, but he asked him, do you want to be healed? It's like, obviously, Jesus, I want to be healed. Like, should I see you on the ground? Nah, Jesus, I'm good. I'm here. I'm on the ground. I'm just chilling. I'm just here on the mat. I'm fine. Like, and I think Jesus sometimes asks us these questions because he wants our prayers to shift from something vague to something very specific. Some of us, I don't know if you pray normally, and I don't know what your prayer is. But I think as we grow with God, her, the only thing that could save you is not a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus. Anybody believe that? Like, it's a relationship. And as you grow in a relationship, you learn how to talk. I mean, at first you're trying to, you know, let's say back in the day you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get with someone, get their number. What's up, girl? Like, you know, what's up? Uh, how you doing, mamacita? Like, what's up? Uh? <laughs> And I could get your number. Like, you know, back then you had to have a pin. Before, now you can stalk them on Facebook. And, you know, like, these kids nowadays, like, nah, they didn't know the struggle. You know, like, you had to memorize numbers, you know. Uh, no, no, one, no one says, like, you know, no, anybody agree with me? Like, you're like, you're like everybody's ashamed. <laughs> like, oh, man, I forgot her number. Like, you're like, man, I had it written in my hand. My hand was sweaty. Palms are sweaty. And I'm about to rap. No, never mind. But, so, so then here. What happens is, is that as relationship happens and as the relationship grow, your form of talking develops. And you start, stop being vague. At first it's like, oh, where do you go to school? Where do you go, you know, where, where, do, where are you hanging out? What part of town you live in? But as you really get to know a relationship, and I hope, and you know, this is a little relationship one-on-one here. I hope the conversation, as you mature, it's more like, what are your goals in life? What's happening? What, what, what are your struggles? What, what are your battles? And I think the same thing happens with God in our prayers is that a lot of times as we start off, we say, God, we worship you. God, have mercy on me. But God really wants to know what do you need mercy for? What do you need grace for? Because I 
believe that we serve a God that is very specific and wants to know all the intricacies of our life and wants to go down into the depths. I need mercy because I'm struggling with this. I need grace because, God, I'm struggling with this. On this particular night, uh, last night, at, at this particular hour, God, this happened, and this thought came into my head, and this happened. And, God, can you help me specifically? Because my God is a God of the specifics. And there's no prayer that you can't pray that's going to scare God away. So when God says, what do you want me to do for you? You better get specific. When, when you stand before God and you pray and you call out to him. And he says, what do you want me to do? He says, I want you to trust me. I want people to trust God. I want people in this church that can trust him and says, God, I need you to do this in my life. God, I, I'm struggling with this. My marriage is on the rocks. My, my friends are, my, 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 my family is messed up. God. And that's part of trusting. And here's what the problem is, is, is I, I, I feel God sharing me, sharing this with me right now is that some people have lost trust in people. Has anybody had a heart broken? Someone, you lost trust with someone. We got to be real. And sometimes we take that and we take it to God as well thinking that he's going to fail us, but he's not. He's not. We, have to, we trust God with everything, with our career. We trust God with our children. We trust God with our finances. We trust God with, with our future. We trust God with our economy. We trust God with everything that's happening in the world. We trust God with COVID. We trust God. And I pray that there's people in this place that, that when Jesus says, what do you want me to do, God? I, and we can pray not vague prayers, but specific prayers. Because my God wants to get specific. He wants to go deeper with us. And he says, rabbi. Rabbi meaning teacher. That's what he says. Let me recover my sight. I want to see that was his prayer. And the Bible says immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. It's as if he became a disciple. He walked and he followed Jesus. I'm not sure who this is for, but maybe you haven't been trusting Jesus right now with everything. You can say I trust God and say it in a vague way, but specifically every area of your life. If you start going down, God, I need to trust you with my health. God, I need to trust you with my, with, with, with my, 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 my finances. God, I need to trust you with my children. God, do I trust you with my husband? Do I trust you with my, my spouse? My, do I trust you? What do you want God to do for you? And it's not like God is this jackpot that ring, 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 and, everything, and he's just going to do everything. No, no. But you got to still tell God what you need. God is not the slot machine that, oh, oh, every prayer and everything comes, just rains off. No, no. But God still wants to know what is hurting you. What is irking you? What makes you lose sleep at night? Can I tell you? Sometimes I need to trust God even more. There are some times where I don't even have strength in my personal life. I look at everything that I have going on, and I'm like, God, if what... 
could there be more hours in the day? Has anybody ever prayed that? God, I, I, can you add like, like, is there a 30 o'clock? Like, is there a, I mean, God, can, can you add more? Like, can, you know, daylight savings, you know. I mean, this daylight savings still, I'm still trying to recover from daylight savings. Like, it was like three weeks ago. You know, like, I'm still working this out. Last night, I, I was trying, I was going to finalize it. I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. And here's what I, I have to land on and say, God, I don't care what the voices are saying. See, blind Bartimaeus, there's people that were talking and telling him to be quiet. And all the more he got louder. And all the more he called out. And Jesus, in all his busyness and everything that was going on, he took the time to sit down with this man. Can I tell you that God is never too busy for you? And he will take the time to sit down with you and talk to you. In any moment, at any time, you could talk to God. And today I invite you to talk to God. But many times we listen to the voices around us that says, shut up. Forget it. And for me, I just want to keep shouting to God. And I want to pray specifically today for this church and people here. This is the only place in Mark where Mark, he names a person that needs healing. Every other person, it says a paralytic, a demon possessed, says, you know, a blind man. But here he says Bartimaeus. Maybe there's a significance here. Maybe Bartimaeus was a person that ended up becoming known to other people, other Gentiles, other believers later on. Maybe Bartimaeus became a famous person, preacher later on in life. And maybe Mark is intentionally writing to this Gentile audience. You know that guy Bartimaeus? You've seen him preaching all the time? This is how his story was before. This is how it started. I pray that's the story with us. And no matter how messed up our life is right now, we can know that God is gracious and merciful enough for us. Can we give God some praise this morning? Say, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And we trust in God. We need to have dreams that are, are God-sized dreams. Because that's the only thing that's going to cause us to come before our knees, before God. And give us a dependence, an absolute dependence with God. It's because we know that God ultimately controls our destiny. Some of you are here and maybe you're doubting God if God is able I want to tell you that God is infinitely powerful God is infinitely more than enough Jesus is more than enough and he hears your cries I want us to bow our heads for just a second and just close our eyes for a moment maybe you're here today and you say Jesus, I just need you in my life. Is there anyone here this morning? You say, man, Jesus, I need you. Maybe you've never made a personal relationship with God, a commitment to say, God, I'm going to serve you. God, I'm here with you. God, I, I, I need you in my life. Every week we want to try to give an opportunity for people to 
maybe get their life right with God. If that's you this morning and you say, man, I, George, I want you to pray with me today. I, I need, I, there's some things I've lost trust in God for, and I need to get my life right in God, God's heart. If that's you this morning, maybe you're watching online, but if that's you today, why don't you just raise up your hand with me and I just, I'll pray over you today. You say, God, I just need, I need to trust in you. I need to come before you. Man, I need to repent of some sins. I, 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 there's nothing that God can't control, that God can't do. There's nothing that's too hard for God. So today I come before you, God. If you're here watching us online, I'm invite you to write something in the comments. We want to pray for you. We want to believe that God is here for you. And so send us a message, write it in the comments. We'd love to pray for you today. But everyone else that's here today, I want us to be able to pray and worship God today and put our dependency in God and worship unashamedly, unapologetically. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. And what we do is we raise our hands as an act of surrender if you feel comfortable in doing so. But it's our way of saying, God, I'm here. God, I'm here. I'm going to ask the worship team to, to, to lead us in worship today. But let's just give it all we got to him. Worship with everything that we got. hurting and broken Overwhelmed by the weight of sin Jesus is calling